more on macOS and iOS convergence, and who really is using Apple TV Plus and Apple Music. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices After Dark. Uncensored, off-topic, and always off the wall. Mac Voices After Dark is available as a benefit to our Patreon subscribers. Sign up at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. The Mac Voices live panel continues our discussion of whether iOS and macOS are converging, and if it really is causing confusion. Then, are there really age categories for who's using Apple TV Plus and Apple Music? Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. Mark, you want to uh, you want to jump in? Yeah, I, I think I think Ben, uh, I think you were just about to step to uh, the the comment that remember way back when when the iPhone was first introduced, uh, and then uh, you know, a couple of years after that the iPad was introduced. Yeah, there seems to be these waves of you know, commentary that uh, Apple is so clever. These people are already trained on how to use these devices because they know what Safari is and they know how to use Safari on the Mac or they know how to use Mail on the Mac. You know, so uh, like you're saying, the size of the user bases has you know, has completely flip-flopped. But uh, again, I think, you know, not only, I think, again, this is part of just blending, you know, the environments to have a sort of a seamless experience all the continuity features that we've talked about, you know, you know, various times here on the show, not only that, but also just the visual experience, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, I think that is clearly in Apple's interest and, uh, you know, just, uh, I wish this, I wish this author, you know, has uh, a little bit more intellectual curiosity and, you know, digs into, uh, you know, uh, something a little bit more detail instead of just writing a screed about, not liking you know the fact that icons on uh, Mac look like icons on iOS devices. Mm -hmm. I don't know, guys. I mean, I get so confused whenever I see an icon that I can't remember which device I'm on. Really? No. I, well, I, well, he's well, he's kidding. Yes, I'm, right? yes, I'm kidding. Oh, I mean, oh, if, oh, if it's oh, a male, you got me. Okay, you were really pulling a straight face there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jack, if, you, you if, did that so great. I actually started to talk before I realized what was happening, and, <laughs> and it, at least I had the 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 sense to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, if you see a Safari icon, I'm not confused as, as to which device I'm on. And who I, I think um, who was I think Mark started out with it that you know it it makes sense almost in fact it really makes a lot of sense to have the icon look similar if the, if they're Apple apps so that you know which one you're in and you you're even if you're not on a device you're not familiar with you know what you'd be opening Jim you wanted in after after I pulled out the wool over everybody's eyes. <laughs> I, I think, you know, this is kind of to Jeff's point that this person is maybe a new Mac user. I, I don't think this person, you know, really understands what the Mac is. Um, you know, maybe it might as well be iOS as far as she's concerned. I mean, the Mac has real window, windowing. It has real multitasking. It has virtual memory. It's extensible. Uh, you can do things like route audio. You can run non-sandboxed apps, uh, you know, and on and on and on. Um, the Mac is not iOS. 
Um, and sure, it, it is sharing more things like user interface and code, you know, flat out, which is, you know, for the most part, it's good for users because of consistency, because there are a lot of users uh, that use both platforms. But it's also really good for Apple. They don't want to, you know, spend the development time of writing things twice. They don't, mm. you know, they don't want to write a Mac version and a Windows version, not a Windows version, an iOS version. They definitely don't want to write a Windows version. <laughs> um, although, you know, it was nice when Safari was on Windows. But, uh, uh, you know, remember we had for a long time uh, messages on the Mac was, you know, would not keeping up with messages on iOS. And, you know, now they've unified the code base. So it's the same code. And so they work the same. And, and you know, you know, notice now it's, it's, I think it's pretty cool that there are so many things that, you know, well, well here we got this new feature. It's on the Mac. It's on iPadOS. It's on iOS. Um, you know, just across the board, you know, where there in the past there was often delays, um, you know, where things would take years to go from one platform to the other, or maybe never. Now that's happening less and less and less. Um, which is because you know they are unifying a lot of things underneath, and and uh, you know adding the ability to run iOS code on the Mac. Um, so I, I think it's great. And the yeah, I'm not even sure why we're we're giving this author uh, any uh, attention, but uh, since we did, I thought I'd throw it's in summer. It's slow news time. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, what I was say. Something. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I think there is. Well, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But Brian, I know you had you had a comment you wanted to put in. Oh, just a quick thought. I was thinking about you know, obviously, this article is about Apple and and the different ways that the uh, Mac operating system might be looking more and more like the iOS. But if we look at other companies that also have ecosystems, they tend to do the same type of thing too. Mm -hmm. um, if we look at Microsoft. Um, you know, jump back to 2013, I think, um, you know, when the, when those, uh, what they call those Metro tile things were really popular. And, oh and God. if you jumped over to the, the original uh, release of the Xbox one, uh, game console being a Microsoft product, it used that same type of look and, and if it didn't, people would be upset, you know? And so you, I think you see in other ecosystems the same type of thing. It doesn't take away anything from the internal, what that device is and does and what it's what it's supposed to do. But if you paint over the graphical user interface of it, that's perfectly fine. And it should. It should look similar um, so people feel comfortable going back and forth between the systems. I mean, I mean there are places it, it, they, they could do it in ways where it would be a detriment. I don't think they have at least not much. Um, the settings out might be one place where I think it is a detriment. Um, you know, mm -hmm. if they started doing things like, if they started doing things like, um, you know, making all the buttons bigger and putting bigger space around, you know, using a less dense interface on the Mac because on 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 iOS devices, they have to be touch friendly so that, you know, they're going to be bigger and have more space around them for, um, fingers instead of a, a pointing device if they start doing that on os and especially if they do it on mac os and don't add touch interface to it uh you know that would be concerning but they haven't done too much of that 
Um, you know, so, you know, we, we, we need to keep, keep them honest and, you know, uh, we don't, we don't want them to be all identical because they are different. The Mac is a, a an indirect pointer and there's definitely advantage advantages to that. And one of them is the ability to do denser interface interfaces. Um, but, you know, I think for the most part, um, they're, they're doing a pretty good job of that. Remember they had that slide a few years ago where, you know, are we going to merge them? No. And, and that slide was like maybe, you know, a little disingenuous, but, um, um, you know, I think they're doing a good job of it, of doing it appropriately and, and, you know, not dumbing down. I think that's the thing. A lot of people are worried that Apple would dumb down the Mac and maybe remove capabilities. Like if, if they ever, remove the ability to run non-sandboxed apps or non-app store apps on the Mac, well, that would be a huge alarm um, if they did that. But so far, they're not doing that. So they're, they're not taking away the things that make the Mac unique and powerful. So that's that's that would be my line in the sand. But they're just oh, along that line, Jim, they're making they're making they're making it harder. You know, I mean, some things you have to, you just can't download a binary. You, you actually have to use something, you know, and maybe this is going down a rat hole, but you have to use, you know, one of the package managers like Brew or something like that, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to compile it on your own Mac and then, you know, and then go through, you know, setting it up and configure it in order to, you know, run some stuff. But uh, uh, like yes. what? Package manager, like what? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, homebrew? Don't you know homebrew? Yeah, there's well, a, you don't. You don't need. You know, uh, yeah, you there's, don't need homebrew. There, Homebrew's there, a convenience. No, there are there are there are programs I've run that if you download a binary from the site, they will not run because it says it's from an unidentified developer. And even if you go through all the you know the you know, the, the hooks through you know going through, all you have uh, to do is right click on it. Let's take this offline. You know. I, you know, let's take this offline. You know, the, yeah, okay. The, you know, my experience is they're making it tougher and tougher and harder and harder. Um, but um, I agree are, with you. A little I, bit. There's, it's, con it's concerning, but, you know, the line would, you know, a line would be, oh, you can't run apps outside of the app store. I, 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 yeah, on, I agree. On I think, iOS. Yeah, I think we're I think we're saying similar things, and you know, also you know a lot of the uh, uh, you know other tools that you know they're making it such that you know you have to download and compile it locally. You know, there's there is no way just to because uh, I've been through this of just trying because it used to be you could say okay this is from an unidentified developer. No, do you want to run it? Fine. You know, so some some tools out there you know are not from somebody you know uh, who's uh, who's in there as an Apple uh, you know. Uh, uh, key or whatever they're called you can still do that you have to right click on it and choose open and then it will come up with the dialogue that says do you want to run it if you double click on it it won't let okay, you do I'll, that okay I'll, I'll i'll contact you if and when next time i have this 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 problem because you know i've i've been through this and the only way i found to do it was you know you know search around and say okay yeah apple's tightening things up you know use homebrew and uh, just install it that way and I did that, and it worked just fine. And I've had this uh, at least on you know, two different uh, tools that I use. So, um, but Mark, don't you think this is 
some of this is related to the fact that we're we're back to the conversation about we are not the target audience anymore. That Apple's trying to protect protect the the common user from clicking on things and opening things they shouldn't be allowed to. And so well, for yeah. us, it's an inconvenience, but you know, for them, it's a protection. Yeah, it is. But I mean, I think I don't think an average user is going to go in and you know go into you know, the special securities tab and go in and set that and then you know have to reboot your Mac and then uh, run the thing. Um, I could be wrong, you know, but I just don't think you know a lot of you know average users would go through that many hoops, uh, you know, in order to. Are, are you installing command line tools? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, when you're doing command line tools, you're talking about doing something totally different. Now we're out of the 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 average Mac user demographic. Now 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 we're into us propeller heads. Yeah. And ha- having to uh, to do command line stuff and using utilities like Homebrew that actually just makes it easier. That that's okay. I have no problem with that. If uh, if you are having to use Homebrew to install just regular native Mac apps, not not something that's running in terminal, and. And homebrew was the only way to do it. Now I now I'd say we have a problem. Yeah, that would um, be a huge problem. Yeah. Uh, Webb, I couldn't tell if you were just manipulating, moving your arm, or if you had something to say. Uh, I've used the uh, terminal uh, maybe a dozen times in my career. Um, I, I, I'm probably more of that average, unsophisticated or semi-sophisticated Mac user. So, um, so I'm just going for the ride on this one. It's, uh, I've, I've never had to, uh, do this. I have gotten into the privacy settings and, and, uh, said, yeah, I know I want to do this app for whatever and give, you know, grant those permissions that way, but I'm just going for the ride on this one, Chuck. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I think I, I mean, one, one simple tool is, 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 is rsync, which Apple has a pitifully you know, antiquated version uh, you know, the, the recent version, you know, has, uh, you know, is, is really a lot of great <clears throat> updates and features. And it used to be you just d- download a build for Mac, but now now the app has to be signed by a developer and it's open source software. There is no developer. You know, in the past, they would let you say, OK, are you sure you're really going to use this thing? Yes. Now they've upped it and said, no, unless even they have the credentials from somebody who's registered as a developer, they won't let you download you know, a, a binary and run it. You have to build it on your own. And, yeah, I think we're down. I think we're in the uh, I think we're in the point oh one percent of uh, we're in the basis points of users. But um, uh, you can also just remove the quarantine bit. But that's the way command line tools are distributed. The same thing happens on Linux. That's the way they're distributed on Linux. Linux, you use apt-get, which is the Linux version of Homebrew. You know, on, on, right. on Unix, that stuff is distributed in source mode. That's the way no, it's no, done. No, 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 no. I it mean, in, in Linux, you know, they're, they're distributed two ways. I mean, there are, you know, there are there are distributions we can download uh, binaries, and there are others we have to download and, you know, go through a comp- compilation you know, and, uh, and making step. You know, so well, I guess what I guess what the I guess the the trend seems to be, unless you have more and more skills where you can actually do this, you know, Apple is you know making it you know uh, you know less convenient uh, and more work you know for their users to casually uh, download and uh, and run something. 
if so, you're doing something uh, from the command line, you're not casually downloading. I know I'm being totally pedantic on you here. Okay, that's fine. I uh, I appreciate it, Jeff. And 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 you know what? I totally get the frustration you're having. Uh, but at the same time, I think that's why we have homebrew, and uh, and installing homebrew so you can do all this stuff. That was exactly the right thing to do, and uh, and it makes your life so much easier. And it doesn't it doesn't matter how how steeped in command line we are. Um, any of us that, that's doing anything with command line where where you're installing something, uh, the first thing you do is you install Homebrew, and then you do everything else after that. So yeah, so awesome Homebrew. But but again, I think you know, I think the bottom the, line is iOS. Was, oh, I was just going to say this goes to Jim point, uh, Jim's point that the, the, this is the power and capabilities that a Mac has. You know that you know iOS devices do not have, and I don't think for the foreseeable future will ever have. And that's the difference between the two type of devices. Fundamentally, I, I was going to clarify that iOS will only run code that's signed by Apple. If it's not signed by Apple, it won't run on iOS. That's not the case on Mac. Um, so you you cannot run Homebrew on iOS. It, it's not allowed. Um, there's 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 no way except going through through Apple. So that's that's basically the difference. Is you can't on iOS you cannot run any code that hasn't been blessed by Apple. On Mac you still can. Um. Jim, I, I I hate to take us too far on a tangent, so I'll try to bring us back quick. But if on iOS, if it has to be signed by Apple, is is that how some of the white label apps and some of the things that get side loaded in that are industry or even company specific, do, are they still registered with Apple and therefore that those apps are signed? Are you talking about the enterprise? Yeah, enterprise. Yeah. Yes, that's that's an official Apple thing. So it's still going through Apple. Same thing with test flight. So um, yeah, iOS will not run anything that doesn't have an Apple signature on it. Okay, I just wanted to be clear on that. So you know, they do have multiple routes by which something can get that signature on it. Um, so one of them is an enterprise. You know, so enterprises have to apply for. There's a program they have to sign up. Um, you know. There's there's no way you can't, you know, and, you know, obviously, like, I'm a developer, so I can, you know, well, but, but see, in order to, to do it, I have to submit it to Apple, and it gets signed, and then, and then, and for me, I would have to go through the App Store. Um, but they, they did make a, a, you know, a thing for enterprises where, I, you know, I've never used that, so I'm not, but I, I know that's sort of a separate side thing that doesn't go through the App Store, but it still has an Apple signature on it. so. Okay. I, I will say one thing in, in support of part of Mark's position, and that is that it, it is it is an inconvenience to have to go and turn on things in the security control panel. Mm -hmm. And you know, and that is something that I think some developers do really, really well because they spell it out. They even show you photos of what it's supposed to, or images, excuse me, of, of what it's supposed to look like. So you know exactly what you're clicking on and where to go. And others just say, go here and click that. And it's like, you know, okay, hopefully I've, I remember it enough that I can, I can go and do it. 
Um, so I, I would love to see somebody standardize just a little more on that for the average person who wants to maybe experiment with, with some utilities, but they're not quite sure about doing some of the security turning on and off and what am I doing and am I putting myself in danger? You know, go through, explain it, picture it, and then go from there. But hey, check there, there's there, there's no doubt that Apple has made it more inconvenient to do a lot of things, and those security things is sort of a different thing. That's not running code. That's you know what is that code allowed to do? For example, it used to be any code could you know read off the screen and do a screen capture, or you know, or read information out of your contacts. And, you know, now the system doesn't let you do that. So even just because you've gotten code to an app to launch, it still doesn't necessarily have permission to do certain things. Um, so that's that's a sort of a separate issue than signing. Um, and, and I think there's no doubt that Apple is, I believe, they've walked right up to the edge of what's, you know, you know, where they can go and not make a Mac, not a Mac. And, you know, the concern was for a while we had a creep of every year they were adding new security restrictions and, you know, then they, they added notarization and just keep and, and you're just like, are they going to continue this and then make it just like iOS, which they still could do. Um, but it does seem like they've kind of paused that for, you know, they, they really haven't added any new restrictions for a, a couple of years. Um, although, you know, talk about inconvenience, they're now changing the way the apps get notarized. Um, so, um, you know, I'm going to have to change my workflow in order to build my app and, you know, cause starting, uh, I think in November 1st, I think the way I'm doing it now, it won't work anymore. Um, and I, you know, I'm not even sure I'll be able to do it on the version of Mac OS I'm running, which isn't that old. Um, so, you know, there's no question they're making things inconvenient. I guess they would say they're protecting us. So, you know, it's sort of this, you know, and they say that about iOS too, like, well, we're doing this, it's for your benefit, you know, so bad people can't get you, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really fine line. Okay. Um, so, so I have a question if anyone on the panel here, you know, can help me because I'm sure you all have the same experience, which is, um, I'll use Mac Voices Live, you know, as an example, but I have this in, you know, other things, including, you know, a, a daily, uh, a daily subscription, you know, I, I, you know, video subscription, you know, I subscribe to, you, you get a link, it's a Zoom link, you click on it, it opens Safari, Safari says, do you want to open Zoom? Yes, you open Zoom. This is all part of, you know, the same, you know, protection mechanism, you know, W2F, you know, doesn't some lazy, SOB at Apple, you know, allow you, do you want to let, allow this action forever in the future instead of every time, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's a mental speed bump. You have to click it. Um, and click, it's, click it. It, it, it's not laziness. They have done this intentionally. Now, I agree with okay, you. Okay, that's even worse. I, you know, I mean, they're I, wasting I everybody's you, time. <laughs> I agree with you that I, I don't like that and I wish they wouldn't have it, but they're their contention is that this is dangerous, um, and and that it's not it's not safe to do that, um, and that would you know I agree I I believe they made, it's the wrong decision, and and they should give me that freedom, but um, it's a policy policy decision, and I don't believe they'll ever change it. 
And I would dare somebody in the audience to come up with a clever exploit, faking something that looks like Zoom, because everybody else at this point, you know, they're just habituated. You know, this is other, you know, this is effing Apple again. I have to click this thing and they're not even thinking about it. It's it's like uh, Vista, you know, way back when, you know, you always have to. And then there was Apple, you know, you know the the Mac versus PC, you know, you know, you know, commercial parroting this of, you know, how brain did and stupid is it asks you over and over and over again, you know, and that just leads you into complacency, you know, for somebody to. Many, many people have said exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Many people have said that. And, um, you know, apparently people from Microsoft migrated over there or that way of thinking migrated over. I'm not sure what the what you're talking about. Oh, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm no. I'm sure Apple invented it on their own. They would never copy something that uh, Microsoft did. <laughs> so I listen. I I've learned something a little bit here, and I'm, I'm presuming I've learned something. I always thought that in the case, let's just use Zoom since that's what we're talking about. But on the other hand, Zoom does it. Um, Go to Meeting does it. That. You know, you you launch. It has to launch something through. It launches into a browser, and then the browser says, "I want to run the client." I thought that was just the way it had to be. I had, I'm, if if I'm understanding what you gentlemen are talking about, that's a choice that has to be made because of the way the OS is structured, or is that the way that some of these, especially the the chat apps and our, our meeting apps and and the uh, and then go to webinar. You know those are those are webinar apps or um, the same kind of kind of collaboration apps. It, it, um, is, well, is that... well, there's a couple things. One, the first is that they can't assume that you have that, that or they don't want to assume that you have the app installed. You may not. They know you have a web browser installed, so that's where they can start. Um, what um, Mark is talking about is <clears throat> you, you you can build a, a link. Okay, you know web links start with HTTP, right? Mm-hmm. But you but the you know HTTP is actually a protocol. That's the web protocol. Mm-hmm. But apps can uh, implement any protocol they want. So if you look at a Zoom link, it starts with Zoom colon instead of HTTP colon, right? Um, and it turns out panorama, you can make panorama colon and you can make a link that starts with that and it'll launch panorama. So an app can register with the system and say, I'm defining this protocol. So if you see a URL with that that protocol, please launch me and, and give me the URL because I'm the handler. Mail is mail colon is the mail protocol, right? So you know you can have different mail apps, but you designate one on your system that it's the favored one. That if you click on a mail link, that's where it will go. Right? Does that? I'm, I'm looking for you to nod, Chuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, <clears throat> that's all fine and dandy, and uh, I, I believe Windows probably has the same thing because it's sort of a it's standard with URLs. Now, I, I don't know if they have the same restriction, but what Apple has decided is that any app that's not from Apple is super dangerous and cannot be declared not dangerous. So if you click on a link that has any non 
you know, links to something that's not an Apple product, it's going to come up with that little alert. So that's where the alert is coming from. Apple is putting up that alert on purpose saying, hey, this is alarming. You clicked on a link that's not HTTP and it's not mail. It's it's going to launch this, you know, other application. Um, which, you know, I think like what you said, um, Mark, it would be really reasonable for me, you know, to be able to go into settings or, or somehow say, okay, you know, this is okay. Panorama's okay or Zoom's okay. But Apple has decided that you're not, you know, smart enough to uh, to do that. You know, we, we've got to warn you that every time. Um, and it, it really, you know, damages the uh, usability of that feature. There's a lot of things that could be done really cool with that, that, you know, the fact that it stops every time and, and you know, it really... You know, so that's sort of, you know, you know, the yin and yang of the security stuff. Well, you want to protect people, but you also don't want to, you know, protect them by, you know, not allowing them to do anything. Um, right. And you can <laughs> offer a way like sort of whole disk access, right? You know, every time I set up a new Mac, right, the first thing I have to do is, you know, give right. BB Edit whole disk access, you know, or right. other tools as well. You know, there should be a one-time setting if you really want to do it, and that's what I'm critical of Apple for. Is a- Apple well, is Apple is very reluctant to do that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they've also, um, you know, the sandbox is you know very restrictive. And when they first came out with the sandbox for Mac OS about a decade ago, a little more than that. And people thought, oh, okay, this is a this is you know round one and they're gonna gradually add more granularity and and you know make more things possible by, you know, but you know what they never did. Um so you know they 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 tend to only ever make more restrictions and they don't ever be like, yeah, we're gonna give you more, you know, it's like a boa constrictor, just tight, tight, tight. Um, so, um, it's, it's, it's kind of unfortunate. And and I think that comes from somewhere really high up at Apple. Uh, so, you know, if it ever does change, it's not going to be until somebody that's quite high up is, um, you know, leaves the company retires or, or whatever. But I, I, I mean, I feel obligated to, to defend the, the logic because I, listen, I see people do stupid things with computers all the time. And and that's in spite of the fact that there all are all these protections in there, and and I, I I guarantee you every one of us knows someone who has their passwords taped to their monitor or screen. <laughs> yeah you know and so I I don't I can't really I hear what you're saying Mark and I agree with you from a convenience standpoint and for us it would be fine, but to give the average the average user. To, to make it easy to turn on whole disk access and therefore allow a bunch of things to happen that they really don't want to happen. I, you know, from Apple's standpoint, I can understand why they don't want to. Cletus. I don't think Mark was saying that. I don't think Mark was saying that he wants whole disk access to be easier. He was saying he wants more options like that. Like he wants an option to say, yes, Zoom is okay. If I click on a Zoom link, please launch it and don't bother me. That's what he wants. Oh, and sure. they're not offering that. No, you're you're right, and and I didn't mean I, I was that was probably a bad example on my part, but just you know the fact that it, yes, it's a it's a pain. It doesn't hurt that much, but it is a pain. 
Um, Cletus in the chat room says, I think Mark may be asking for a macro that selects and answers the query. Oh, but you can't do that because, you know, Apple, this is built into the system in such a way that that kind of thing can't be automated uh, because Apple, you know, they actually will, you know, make sure that it's a requires a real click and can't can't be automated away. Which again, Cletus says, I think the majority of people are simply newbies, so Apple protects them. Yeah, I'm with you, Cletus, mm-hmm. and it protects itself from you know bad press and other things. Um, shoot, oh, let's see. I, I wanted to get to a couple more stories because um, we've yeah, been good luck with that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, here, here's one for you. Um, Counterpoint intelligence says that uh, the young people listen to Apple Music, the old people watch Apple TV. So I'm both young and old. Yeah, this is another, I'm starting to really question counterpoint uh, with some of these pronouncements because really, I I mean, there's, there's some great Apple TV shows that are not in my demographic by a long shot or the demographic of anyone here. I read that. I, I clicked on it and it took me to the Apple World Today story. And Apple World Today had a link to CRP's website. And again, you know, it, this is another spam bait tactic that unfortunately Dennis, you know, fell for. Um, you know, basically they're using this to try to promote themselves. And I spoke harshly, I think, of CIRP and their methodology. Uh, about browsers the last time we spoke, and I just observed no one there, or even their, you know, or even their intern, you know, has contacted me. So I think this is just another, you know, spam baity thing for them to try to get more subscribers. Uh, it does feel like it. Hey, you guys took me off subject, but I wanted to mention when we were having the earlier commentary about uh, iPad and Apple. Uh, Mac all coming together. Later this week, I'm going to publish uh, a show, an interview with um, an individual who was advocating for more of uh, more convergence, if you will. Um, That person is a member of the panel um, who's wearing black and a tie. And I give him credit for, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'll tell you right now, you're going to have to go and listen to the show. But he, he made the first really, really great point about a convergence and why we're thinking about it wrong. And it it really slapped me in the face. Um, it slapped me in the face then, but it slapped me even in the face more later. So I'm going to tease it. And of course, I'm talking about Ben Rathig, um, because the story goes that we had teased an article that he had written back pre-dub-dub. And we were going to talk about it after Dub Dub. And then, of course, Dub Dub hit like a ton of bricks. And that's all we could talk about for a few weeks. So I'm going to tell you to look for that, but listen carefully because he's coming at it from a different angle than a lot of us. And he makes some really, really good points. So, Ben, that is was that one was a parter. Great... Is this Sorry? one part? Is this one part, two part? This, this is a one parter. This is a one parter. Okay. And, and it's, but, but Ben really makes some great points that have me re-looking at, at my opinions and my approaches to things. So good job, Ben. Good job. Thanks, Chuck. Oh, um, okay. So, someone here has to be professional. Might as well be Ben. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Somebody has yep, to do so it. Professional, it's just slapping around everybody. 
Why does somebody have to be professional? That assumes facts, not in evidence. <laughs> uh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> ben, you're being an overachiever. <laughs> yes. Just keep it up, Ben. Keep it up. In the third part of this Mac Voices Live session, the panel takes a look at the reported death of Evernote and a decline in the use of threads already. That's next time on Mac Voices. I'll see you then. As always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.